You just think we just, you know, whatever happens, we just shit another player. I, and everything's going to be perfect. All of our fans think that. You all think that. That's what you write about. You don't want to be here. There's a specific reason. Not really, you know, I, I think we did a poor job recruiting. If guys are coming in and immediately walking out the door because it was something different than what they thought it would be. And we lied to them during recruiting or we, we sold them on a dream that wasn't true. Yeah, you know, right now uh, we have the atmosphere of a, of a JC softball game. You know, I mean, that's what we are, JC softball team. As long as, you know, uh, it's, it's, it's not whether you win or lose. It's like who, the, 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 the team that wins is the one that has the most fun. You know, that crap like that. You know, all this stuff that's contaminated America where they give every kid a trophy and they don't keep scoring Little League anymore. Now, that's also a second in the West, baby. Yes, sir. <laughs> Winning the SEC probably is harder than winning the national championship. Do you know that? Well, how about the fucking dogs? Turn that damn you Hey, buddy, this beer's for you, Mike, and cousin Shane. That SEC podcast loves the pirate, and the pirate loves that SEC podcast. Hail State. Welcome in the latest episode of That SEC Podcast. I'm your host, Michael Bratton. I go by SEC Mike on Twitter, and I'm joined as sometimes <laughs> my cousin Shane, who goes by Big Orange Vols on Twitter. What are you up to, you big Tennessee homer? <laughs> hey, buddy, no excuses today. <laughs> Man, before we hopped on here, you know, we were just talking, not even all, much to talk about, but I just miss hearing your voice, Shane, and I think the listeners do too. How you doing, buddy? Hey, it's been a minute, man. It's been a minute, you know. I've been I've been trying to keep an eye on, on Twitter, seeing what's going on out there, but literally it is a it is a I don't know. Maybe I'm missing it or something. It just kind of feels like we're in the desert wandering around, just picking up like little pieces of oases out there. So I was hoping that you had some news, Mike. You got anything for us? Yeah, we got a couple items, buddy. So we're going to try to make this a quick show, make an entertaining show, a fun show and all that. But uh, let's keep it with the theme of optimism, Shane, because okay. you know if you go back to last offseason, it was dark times and yeah. Hell, everything we'd post about half the people would say, you, you know, there ain't going to be no football here. Exactly. Yeah. You know, I just want to highlight the fact that, uh, you know, we've been, you know, things are trending up. We got Alabama, the Crimson Tide saying they're going to open up the stadium. Mm-hmm. Mississippi's opening it up right now. Texas is doing the same. I'm feeling pretty good, man, that uh, if, if there was any doubt at this point that us SEC stadiums are going to be completely wide open, tailgating will be open mm-hmm. and man i just i couldn't be happier to to get a return to normalcy next season how about you dude buddy i tell you what this time last year we were nervous man we were nervous but like you said power positive thinking that's what you got on this podcast you jumped mm-hmm. on here and you got two buddies talking back and forth saying that football they believe is going to be a go now you could have went anywhere else they had that that negative news and there were some times you know mike had to pull me out of the dumps but Man, we stayed to it. We we got through an awesome, a fantastic football season, man. I, I just thought it I mean, for for what we were thinking this time last year to what we got, 
um, man, I, I just – we were lucky. And I think this season, like you said, I think things are going to be opened up, and I think we're going to get back to normalcy. I think that's the key, and it's just going to be so fun going to your, your favorite stadium, watching your boys play some football. I'm looking forward to it, brother. Hell yeah, Will. Speaking of next season, that's kind of also wanted to tie it in. One of the few things we do got to hit on here, Phil Steele. Everybody knows that name, the mm-hmm. college football preview guy. He has released his projected top 10. Now, this is not exactly his top 10, but this is what mm-hmm. he thinks the AP poll will look like. And according to him, he's gotten it exactly right the last three seasons, at least 10 out of 10, if that makes sense. So I just thought I'd run down Phil Still's top 10. How how's that oh. sound? If he's that accurate, Mike, I got to ask, is them Tennessee balls in there? Come on, baby. <laughs> this year he's going to be 9 out of 10, Shane, because he does not got the balls on the list. All right, man, let's do it. Number number one, though, of course, Alabama, no surprise. Mm-hmm. Right. Number two, Clemson, oh. also not a surprise. But here we go. Now we're getting interesting here. Number three, Georgia. Number four, Oklahoma. Number five, Ohio State. My God, this is reading like uh, the last five years here. Number six, Texas A&M. Number seven, Notre Dame. Now yes, we got of course. We got <laughs> you. You can't do one of these without Notre Dame. Oh, geez. And then here now, it truly does get interesting. Number eight, North Carolina. Hmm? What? Number nine. You're not going to believe this one, Shane. Iowa State. And number 10, Phil's been drinking this year, I think. But uh, oh number 10, Cincinnati. Cincinnati. What the hell are we doing, Phil? <laughs> I mean, come on. Think about this list. Is the ACC not playing anybody next year? That's the only thing I guess. <laughs> they just playing Division Two teams. Is that, what the, is that what's going on? Because, they, I mean, there should never be that many ACC teams in the damn top 10, Mike. Now, is this the start of the season, or does he feel like this is how it's going to end? No, this is, what, this is what he thinks the preseason top ten will look like. Oh, oh. Well, maybe he's on something, you know, because there's a lot of idiots out there voting for that stuff. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> you could put anybody in the top ten at the beginning, but none of, now I guarantee these, these guys ain't going to be in the top ten at the end. So, jeez, mm-hmm. uh, a little wheeze. No, that's – well, that's good. You know, it's good uh, for them and – Coach Mac Brown, what is he? Turned ninety five this year. He's in another, <laughs> got another top ten team. <laughs> but it does Notre mean Dame, that uh, Notre you know, Dame can hang yet another <laughs> banner before they get destroyed in the playoffs. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh! You know, I think uh, I think the biggest joke on here, believe it or not, is going to be Clemson. Um, I I just think. You know, we saw what this ball club looked like without Sunshine at quarterback, and I, I think he—I think he's just a rare talent. I think he's a great quarterback. Say what you want, uh, but I, I, I think I think this is the year that Clemson's. You know, what Alabama has been able to do and stay in the top is unbelievable. Nick said, I mean, they're going to be writing books about this cat long after we're gone. Mm-hmm. But I don't think Clemson's that type of program. So, you know, usually in the years past, they've always been a plug and play the last three, four years. Or you can put them in the top five. But I really think that changes this year, man. Call me crazy. 
But I just think uh, this is the year Clemson starts to drift from the pack. Yeah, and it may start in the opening weekend because we're going to probably talk about this 50 times before the season arrives, but they play Georgia week one mm-hmm. right out of the gate in, I believe it's in Atlanta. So you got to think that's going to be a home field advantage for the Bulldogs. But Clemson, number two, Georgia, number three. So that's going to be one hell of a showdown to open the season. I oh, thought let that- me ask you. Yes, sir. Oh, can, we, can we stay on this list for just for a second? It's mm-hmm. list season, baby. It's list season. Let's, let's slow down a little bit. Mm-hmm. So we got Texas A&M, we got Alabama, we got Georgia. It's the only SEC teams in the top ten right now, right? Yes, sir. Who's the angriest? Out of all the SEC teams that got left out, who do you feel should be next? Who, who's, who's the maddest about this list right now? Is it the Gators? I think so, because you just won the East. You were knocking on the – doorstep of the college football playoff before the the three-game skid to end the season. Mm -hmm. But I think another team could be rising quickly here, Shane. That's what I was going to say. I got three teams, I think, that could be ranked in the top ten by the end of the season. Okay. Florida, you already hit on it. We, You know, Dan Mullen, he's pretty damn wild and crazy when he gets into these press conferences, but Mm -hmm. he's a hell of a coach. And anyone thinking that they're going to take a huge drop-off with uh, Kyle Trask on, I mean, hell, nobody knew who Kyle Trask was till Dan Mullen started coaching him. Yeah. And Emory Jones, you know, I'm, I'm one that questions how good he'll be, but if he's been under Dan Mullen this long, I got to feel like, you know, he's going to perform at a high level because I can't remember the last Dan Mullen quarterback that really didn't. Right. So I got to put Florida up there. But here's the – the number one I would think that, uh, you know, we're really missing out on, especially when we got Cincinnati and Iowa State and North Carolina. <laughs> I think LSU, I know last year was terrible, but that's a team with everyone they got returning. They got uh, 20 out of 22 starters returning. I think LSU is primed to be back in the top 10 next year. What do you think about that? Dude, I'm glad you went there because that's the next one on my list. I think they're a sleeping giant. I think you look at last year, you, you saw how, you know, they started out really rough, obviously. That Mississippi State game, you think about some of the, just some of the boneheaded games that they played. Uh, Mizzou was another one. They just couldn't, they just couldn't get out of their own way. I, I think that this team matured a lot toward the end of the season. You know, you, see, you look back at the Florida game. I, I just, I, I think that these guys were starting to grow up and, and 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 if they can if if they can maximize that talent next year because buddy they got it they got a roster full of it don't be surprised if they are a top 10 ball club and then i got one more wild card now top 10 may be a bit much but i think if everything goes their way they get the defense can i guess yes can sir guess? yes sir I, you're you're about you're about to uh you're about to pander to them wildcat fans aren't you no sir you don't Oh, okay. I thought you were going there. <laughs> thought you were going UK on me. <laughs> I guess you don't hear that in the background, Shane. <laughs> it's the lane train coming for you, Shane. Ole Miss. Now, again, they got to get that defense corrected if they're going to make a huge jump up to the top ten. Mm-hmm. But year two in this offense, bringing back Matt Corral. I know they lost Elijah Moore, but they're bringing everyone back that's a, a running back. I think there's potential Ole Miss is, uh, like I said, I, 
I'm not sitting here saying they're going to be a top 10 team, but if there's a wild card out there that no one's talking about being, you know, that's going to take that next step, I think it's Ole Miss Rebels. All right, Mike. Here's 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 my uh, long shot. You gave me Ole Miss. You know who I'm going with? Missouri. Kentucky Wildcats. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I got hurt last year, man. I, I, I hyped them up coming in, and, and I just – I don't know. By any chance, do you have their schedule? I mean, when you think about – I mean, you when you say Cincinnati and North Carolina and, God, you know, Notre Dame and stuff like that, it's just – Kentucky usually has an easier road in the East, it feels like, especially with its West opponents and stuff. I'm just curious, uh, who's their other ball clubs they're going to face next year? Okay, here's the schedule for Kentucky. That's a good point, Shane. It's not too daunting here. Open the season, ULM, Louisiana Monroe. That should be an easy W. Then they get Missouri at home. Mm -hmm. Chattanooga at home. Three... Three home games should be three and zero if if they can beat Missouri. Then at South Carolina, mm-hmm. Florida and LSU back to back, but both at home. And then they got at Georgia. That'll be tough. Then they get a bye. Then they go at Mississippi State, Tennessee at home, at Vanderbilt, New Mexico State, and last and certainly least at Louisville. So yeah, pretty manageable schedule. I'm going with them, man. Uh, they just need a couple of good. I mean, they got a tough little three game stretch there, but if they, hell, if they could capitalize on two out of three of those, they they're good. They're a top ten ball club, Mike. So yeah, I'm going Kentucky with dark horse this year. Oh, I'm man. back in. Coach Stoops figured it out. I appreciate you calling me out, and then you doing the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> well, I said it because I felt like you were going to go that way, and then I was like, well, you know, I'm starting. <laughs> Kentucky's got a way of doing that. It's like, well, you know, because the thing that that that's different, and, and I think it hurts him, is not having Florida early. Mm-hmm. You know, if, if they could had Florida earlier, catch Dan off guard, maybe one of those young quarterbacks, those unproven quarterbacks at the Gators, I think that really would have helped them out. Uh, you know, Georgia, that's, I mean, that's going to take a damn miracle to beat, but it could have, you know, anything can happen. But even if they lost to Georgia and that's it. I mean, they're a top 10 ball club. So, but you know, they still got a long road. I'm just saying we're talking dark horse, long shot. I'm going with Wildcats. All right, Chad. Hey, the only kind of newsy item I had here, I just thought it was kind of interesting. If you missed it uh, from about a week or two ago, Devonta Smith apparently was asked at the senior bowl, Mm -hmm. you know, does he like Tua? Or does he like Mac Jones more? Apparently, he quickly said Mac Jones. And Jalen Waddle was uh, recently on the NFL Network. He was asked the very same question, Shane. Let's kick it over to Jalen Waddle. One might be unfair, but I'm gonna I'm gonna ask it either way, right? So so bear with me, Jalen. Article last week that said when Devontae Smith was in Mobile and he was talking to all the teams, someone asked him, "Hey, who'd you prefer, Tua or Mac?" And he allegedly went, "Oh, Mac." Can I ask you the same question? Uh, <laughs> I like Mac Jones, too. Um, I, I, I like Mac Jones. Uh, just my preference. Um, both of them great quarterbacks, but I love uh, Matt. He was the guy that I came in with, and from day one, we was on the third team together, and we worked our way up. Um, so, uh, Matt. All right, Shane. So, you know, the only reason I bring this up, 
because I wanted to point out the fact that all last season I thought Mac Jones wasn't going to get it done. I thought uh, mm-hmm. the hotshot freshman Bryce Young was going to be the guy. So, hey, I'm I'm happy to say I was way wrong on that one. But man, who would have thought a year from now that you'd have all these receivers saying they'd rather have Mac Jones over Tua when <laughs> Tua at the time was seen as, you know, the greatest quarterback in the history of Alabama. And, I, and I'm not trying to trash him or anything, but Mm-mm. it's just interesting to me. What What are your thoughts on that? Well, for starters, I mean, my mind goes a lot of places, Mike. And uh, I think of Mac Jones slipping him a couple of hundo to go out there and say something <laughs> on the interview <laughs> so I can get a good draft spot. You know Help your boy out, you know. <laughs> That's where I first went. I was like, damn, Tua's already in the NFL. He's already making millions, you know. Let's mm-hmm. help our other buddy. So I think that was where I went first. But, uh, you know, I, I think clearly they're two different quarterbacks, Mike. And Tua was – I mean, not – I mean, it's extremely rare for a player to be bigger than a university. You, you, you look – we talked about Trevor and Clemson, that a prime example. Uh, when you think of Clemson, you think of Trevor. When You, you know what I'm saying? And, mm-hmm. and I think that that kind of happened – you know, that was a large shadow when, when he came in to uh, and taking that job away from Jalen. One second. Damn, I'm trying to talk about Bama. Saban comes in. <laughs> Give me a second. All right. So, I, I you know what, I'm, you going with me here? So, I just think yes, that sometimes when you're, you're, you're that big, it, it's tough to work with, man. Everybody's always around you. The ego's there. Uh, it just – Felt like Alabama last year just played as a team. There was, I mean, there. Granted, there were some spectacular individual plays. We talk about Devontae winning the Heisman, but you know, when you think about some of Saban's best teams, you don't think of one or two players. You think of a, a, an absolute unit on both sides, and I just think that's what Mac was. Not saying that Tua was, because I'm not there. I'm not in the locker. I'm not saying he's not a team player, but it just felt like Mac was and he was he was balanced and he was he wasn't about him it was about everybody and and uh, I think that's just why they did so well last year mm-hmm. all right buddy hey that's all I got on this episode but before we hop off man I got I got you on here mm-hmm. I had to get your thoughts <laughs> on the last episode I threw out uh, the list of SEC coaches most likely mm-hmm. to outlast Nick Saban at their current school Getting a ton of blowback, as I expected. <laughs> had old Clark Lee at the top of the list. I had Josh Heupel mm-hmm. all the way down the list. Yeah, go ahead and read it. Yeah, sorry. Okay. Here's the entire list if you missed it. Starting with number... I'm going to go in the order of the, the coaches I think are most likely to be at their current school by the time Nick Saban leaves Alabama. Clark Lee, number one, I put on the list. Jimbo Fisher, number two. Mark Stoops at Kentucky, number three. Brian Harson, Auburn, number four. Kirby Smart, Georgia, number five. Eli Drinkowitz at Missouri, number six. Lane Kiffin at Ole Miss, number seven. Mike Leach, Mississippi State, number eight. Dan Mullen, Florida, number nine. Ed Orgeron at LSU, number 10. Sam Pittman, Arkansas, number 11. Shane Beamer, South Carolina, number 12. And last, Josh Heupel at Tennessee, number 13. Mm. Initial thoughts on that, Shane, and and who's maybe the one guy that you think most likely to stick around by the time Coach Saban is gone? 
Yeah, I see where you're going with Clark Lee. I mean, it's a safety pick, but I think he's still a little too high. I think Mark Stoops, um, just because they love him, he loves them. He there's no other place he wants to go. I'm not saying that Clark, Clark Lee isn't, but I mean, because he's a he's a bandy guy. But you know, this you think about the way Kentucky football looked like before Mark got there, and then what it looks like now. The way his contract set up, I just think Mark's writing his own checks, and he's there until he doesn't want to be there. Wouldn't surprise me if he's a you know, talking talk about Beamer, his dad, you know, just like at Virginia Tech, just kind of sticks around. That's the kind of – that's what I see happening with Mark here. So, I definitely would have put him first. Jimbo, I was – I thought he was a little high because there was some – I mean, there was, let's say what we want. Last year, there was some rumblings about, hey, we're paying off this guy all this money to get his ass beat by Alabama, you know. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, you got to – you got to – I mean, you can't keep losing to – Teams like Al, you can't keep getting blown out by Alabama and, and expect to to be the highest paid coach. You know what I'm saying? So mm-hmm. I, I think I would have brought him down just a little. Um, I would have brought Brian down. Harsin. I mean, I, I think that was more of a – I'm not saying that he's a bad hire. We, we don't know what he's going to look like. But, you know, Auburn's got a lot of money. But they just got a lot of irons in the fire right now. So – Three four years from now, when when things clear up, you know what what does that money look like? What what are, what are they expecting from Brian? So I thought he was a little a little higher than usual. Again, I'm not saying you got a bad list, Mike. I mean everybody's saying the same stuff. Everybody's got their own opinions here, <laughs> but this is just my my first recap. So I'm going down the list here. I like Kirby spot right there. I think it's a good spot for him. I think it's a good spot for Eli. Um, you know, I, I say what you want. Eli had a fantastic year last year, and if he keeps building off that, wouldn't surprise me if he moves up a little bit closer. Lane, I'd have him lower just because I'm I'm not sold that he's going to be at Old Miss. You know, um, it's not that he's bad coach, and not that he's in a bad situation. It's just two, three years from now, you know, if he continues to progress the way he what he was able to do with his, if he can bring his guys in and. and take this thing to a new, a new level, it wouldn't surprise me if somebody comes after him with some serious change. So mm-hmm. uh, maybe would have brought him down. Leach, Leach about, that's a good spot. Dan's a good spot because the NFL is always lingering. Uh, Coach O, maybe would have brought him up. I, I think this is Coach O's dream job. I mean, when you win a natty, it's really tough to lose a job. It's been done. But uh, I think I would have moved him up a little bit higher. Now, Sam Pittman, you got him down there mainly just because you just don't think he's going to be around long. I mean, he's an older gentleman. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, he is that is that kind of why you had him further down the list? Yeah, that and the fact that, man, he's got such good coordinators. Yeah. I think there might come a time where, you know, maybe Barry Odom says, hey, you know, I'm going to leave unless they make mm-hmm. me head coach. And if they got this damn awesome defense or maybe it's Kendall Bryles, maybe they – got one of the better offenses in the sec and you know someone offers him a job he says well i gotta go if, if I'm, they are often be head coach i could see mm-hmm. sam Pittman saying hey we turn this thing around let's let's name this guy the head coach that's i think that's right. certainly something that could happen as well yeah and the last two there beamer hopple i think you know you got i mean you could argue both of those flip-flopped around um but yeah i think down at the bottom that's a that's a good spot for them now so they're just complete wild cards you know what yeah they really are and and it's not like tennessee's gonna go out there and just 
get a new coach because now we, you know, we're paying off yet another one. And then Beamer, eh, you know, at least he's a he's a he's a Carolina guy. You know, maybe he'll uh, he just can't get coaches to hang out with him. That's what's scary for me, man. Is he just can't the opposite of Pittman, you know? Right. right. <laughs> so, I mean, because it, it does matter. I mean, you could be a, a fantastic head coach, but if you can't have Proteges underneath you working, you know, you know, working your dream, setting your goals, doing your thing, then, you know, you're only one man. You only got so much time in a day. So that's the only thing that, that worries me about that Beamer. You know, he's just, it, it took so long to get that staff put together. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Hypel, I just think, man, you know what better than most. You can buy into a coach, mm-hmm. but he starts getting his head kicked in a season or two. I mean, they'll turn on you. <laughs> quicker yeah. and shit you know what yeah i i'm i like it because it's outside the you know you look at the list of of how sec coaches were hired in the past and it always felt like we were watching a deja vu over and over again just just a different name and uh i kind of like how you know south carolina tennessee they just kind of you know tried something different and you saw you saw it worked with uh, Mizzou with Eli, um, mm-hmm. so I, maybe it works for Tennessee, maybe it works for South Carolina. I don't know. So, uh, but at least they're trying something different because, you know, the definition of insanity is trying to what is it? Do the same thing over and over, expect different results. Mm-hmm. That's kind of where these two programs were. So now they're doing something different, and uh, it may bite them, it may not. But hell, they're at the bottom of the SEC anyway. Might as well try something different. All right, buddy. Hey, well, that's going to do it. Unless you got anything before we hop off here. Let me see. Do I got anything else? No, I I think that's pretty much it, Mike. Uh, I mean, it's good talking to you. It's good being back on the show. That's for sure. I appreciate everybody, uh, you know, taking the time. I I was reading. I'd like to get on here someday, Mike, Uh, maybe next week uh, and, and catch up on these reviews. It's been a while. These guys went out of their way to put in a five-star rating for us, and, and I'd like to read it on the air. So maybe next week we can set a little time for them because uh, they took time for us. Absolutely. Well, that sounds like a hell of an idea. And speaking of that, if you haven't done already, leave us that five-star writ review. We'll send you a beer koozie free of charge. That's just the uh, the way we go about saying thanks for each and every one of you that that happens to do that. So we really do appreciate those ones. Absolutely. Make, I'd like to get one that stumps me, man. You know, I'd like to get one of those that you just, you know how I get, Mike, when I get to reading these things. There's there's not a lot, there's not an edit button. I just go with it. So you got a good one, good story you can throw in there. I'd like to see it, like to read it and uh, get it out there. What? And we'll clip it. The best one, best review, we'll clip it and put it on the on the, uh, on the the Twitters. How about that, Coach O? <laughs> hey, sounds good to me. So, Uh, Thanks for joining me, Shane, as always. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in. We'll catch you on the next one. (laughs) See you guys. Go Balls. Anything else going on in life? 70, I mean, it was beautiful today, Mike. Yeah, it was great. It was a nice walk with the dog there. Yeah, yeah. We went on a nice little hike today. Oh, where'd you go? Well, I hiked down to my vehicle, 
and then I went to McDonald's, and then I I came back and I hiked back up to the house. <laughs> uh, that was the extent. Here's the deal, Mike. Here's the deal. 